Thank you for tuning in to The Scotsman. Today we're going to be talking about Utah State Gymnastics and their first match under first-year head coach Kristen White. We'll take a look at the transfer portal as Blake Anderson tries to restock the football team on the rebound. Kayla Ard's women's basketball team falls to 3-10 and after a pair of losses to open up conference play. On the other side, the men's basketball team just keeps rolling, wins against Fresno State and Air Force to open up Mountain West play. But first, this news came down just a couple of hours ago. J.C. Carroll's jersey retirement ceremony. And be really clear, it's not a number retirement. It's a jersey retirement. People can still wear the number. Saturday, February 18th, number 20, hanging in the rafters of the spectrum forever. He is Hu Tran. I am Brian Priest. You're listening to The Scotsman, a kslsports.com joint. Not to be confused with anything <laughs> like Spike Lee Spike related. Lee, yep, yeah, 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 not at all. But who, how are you doing today, man? J.C. Carroll. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how the PA announcer used to do it back in the day. Or at least <sighs> I, I remember. I mean, so like, we're talking about J.C. Carroll first. You and I were Aggies. Uh, when J.C. Carroll was there. Hey day, 2005 yeah. to 2008, and yeah. we were both up there in Logan, yeah. and mean, he was he was right. something to watch. Like, I mean, I got I got to see the first couple years of J.C. You got to see the tail end, and, and J.C. was was like it, it's so weird to watch him. Like going, you know, I don't think he's an NBA player, but he's definitely got some really great skills. He was an amazing college player. Like he's he, he wasn't Jimmer for dead, but man, the way he could still shoot the ball and. Just run off screens. Watching him was a real treat uh, as an Aggie fan. He he was a Jimmer for debt, but I would argue, and I I will I, I'll die on this hill against any BYU fan. I would argue that he was a better professional basketball player yeah, than Jimmer for debt ended up being I, NBA or otherwise. I, I don't know. Is Jimmer's China China I'm a, I'm a career going pretty well? Because JC's I'm a you know his his Spanish career right. Um, uh, Euro, I mean, it's Euro League. Euro it's the league. next best league in the world. And JC won two championships, he two scoring titles. Mm-hmm. He was in, I think he played in four championship games. And Jim Fredette's lighting up China. Yeah. I mean, JC was such a joy to, like I said, watching him play basketball. Like, again, if, when you're watching Utah State basketball, you know, you know, you're not looking for a national championship team. But you know the goalposts are are way different when you're watching at that time a big West team, you know you're, you're looking for a team that can hey can we win the tournament and you know go into the 12th seed maybe and 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 win Sweet 16 is probably a a fair goal for about I mean even now Utah State so a Sweet 16 would be a great goal. Oh, for them. Sweet 16 was a pipe dream. Yeah, I, I mean I I remember these days and we had some fun teams with Spencer right. Nelson and and Nate Harris and. You know the glory days of Stu Morrill, Chaz but Icer, uh, Chaz Spicer, Chaz Spicer. <laughs> yeah, Chaz the Icer Spicer, what we call it. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you before we move on to start talking about the basketballs, the current day basketball teams. Right. But do you have just a favorite J.C. Carroll memory? Because I've got a couple. Didn't, like, like, didn't he hit a game winner against Nevada um, uh, uh, his sophomore year? He, he, he may a, have. There were so a, many individual big right. shots. It's he's hard he's to pick one thing winners. out. I remember like being I'm like, like, oh my god! Like he's running off the screen. Like ball touches hand. Like yep, in. There's no way he's missing. It. Yeah, he run these curls. He's running these curls off screens. Um, uh, on the three point line, uh, just unheard of. And um, uh, you know, just 
catch and shoot and just was had such a quick trigger. Well, okay, so so NBA fans who might not be old enough to remember or have watched J.C. Carroll with Utah State, uh, if you remember J.J. Redick's style of play, yeah. very, very similar. It was all about coming off of curls, coming off of screens, pin downs, and trying to get open that way. He didn't have the ball in his hands. He wasn't creating for himself. He was the epitome of a two-guard who just tries to create and find space and catch and shoot, I mean, and he was truly great Redick at Redick was it. the model for a kid, because like, like, they were on the same time, right? Redick was an NBA player, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I um, think Redick was at Duke at the same right, time. Right, yeah, so like, those guys were like more like, like he was a light version of, you know, the yeah. Big West version of, mm-hmm. of J.J. Redick. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, perfect example, exactly. Uh, I, I remember, a couple things I remember about J.C. Personally, I remember one time I spent uh, a couple of summers playing a lot of basketball at the Hyper Building up on campus. Oh. And there was one summer, it, it had to have been either after his his uh, junior or senior season, after the uh, tournament season was over. So late March, April, school's still in session, so he's still on campus. And I was up there playing just pickup ball. And JC and uh, backup end of the bench center Arvidas Vitikas show up. Do you remember Arvidas? I... (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, So my (laughs) Matthew L. uh, Glade. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went to a party one time, and he was there. And like you know, just like a, just a regular college party, nothing too crazy. But we talking about like games that we would play out there, and he'd be, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, Arvidas is, Arvidas is he loves the game is called Categories. You you name a category, and then you have to go around in a circle, and everybody has to name something in that category." Okay, like, okay. Like, oh gosh, like famous people. And he was like, Tom Hanks. This you know? is a game yeah. of imbibement. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and, so, uh, <laughs> and so anyway, like Arvidas is there, and it'd be funny because. Um, uh, and my roommate Alex was there too, but uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, Arvidas goes, um, uh, hey, you know, like he always he always has a, the go to. He'd be like, categories, candies, Snickers, <laughs> and so it's, like, so hey, was he Count Chocula? Yeah, like we will. But the funny thing is, I was like, <laughs> for something that always stuck in my head because we would ask him, "Hey, you want to play categories?" He goes, "Categories." Candies, Snickers. And so I'm like, oh my god, he did it! But yeah, so Arvidas, yes, Arvidas got very little playing time, but he's forever etched oh, in my brain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, okay, so I have a memory with right. Arvidas myself. Yes. It's it's slightly different, but right. um, up at the hyper, and JC and Arvidas show up, and obviously they're they're going to be in the next game. Whoever was going to be on the court to take on winners. Seated two spots to JC and Arvidas. Okay, right. And Arvidas was a seven footer. Right, right. I've got to remind you guys. So, coming up to the hyper, this was no small thing for uh, an Arvidas Vitekas, even with his other physical limitations. Yeah, right. He was, he was big. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of other balls. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but what I remember about JC is we ended up beating him. Oh. Uh, I do remember that my team ended up beating him, but but what stands out to me in particular is got out on a fast break. JC got out on a fast break, and I was the only defender back. And I just decide, okay, I'm just going to wrap him up. I'm not going to let him score. I, I'm not going to be dirty. <laughs> I'm not going to hit him. I'm not doing anything cheap. I'm just going to wrap him up, and we're going to play a half-court set on this possession. 
And JC tore through me like I was a wet paper bag. Like I hadn't even touched. I tried to just grab this man bear hug style, and I didn't know what I was getting into. He ripped right through me and dunked the ball. Like I wasn't even standing try, there. It was a little myself. bit emasculating. Right. I, I, was like, I was like, did JC ever tear his ACL on his senior year? I was trying to think. No. <laughs> no yeah, but, yeah, like I mean, it's a, like, obviously like you beat a 10%. JC, right? Like he's he's like pick up the pickleball guys. Like when they go play at the hyper or whatever. Like these guys know that. Look, we're not going to go all out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're probably going to use ten percent of our power to to play here. But at that moment, he was like, "Oh no, no." Hey, <laughs> I won the game. Scoreboard, JC. Scoreboard. The the other one memory, and I wish I could come up with the, exactly what game this was. I think this was his junior year, and it was the first play of the game. And JC, anybody who remembers who's playing, based on our descriptions today, he was a shooter. He, he yep. was all about getting open and hitting shots. JC didn't go to the basket a whole lot. JC was not an above the rim player, no. save for was, that time at the hyper when he dunked one. on me. Six one, maybe yeah. six two. Yeah. It definitely size disadvantaged, right. and I. It, but like I say, I can't remember who this game was against. I know it was a a conference game. It was in January or February. It was a big game. Student section was full. The spectrum was rocking. You know, if it seats ten thousand, there was at least nine thousand there. It was nearly yeah. full. And the first play of the game, they had obviously scripted this. And JC came off of a pin down. He he came from the right corner in front of the student section, if you can picture what I'm saying. Ran through a screen under the basket, cut up through the paint and the, the free throw line, caught another screen and curled around the wing. And was, could have just pulled up for a jumper, but the lane was wide open. And oh, I'm trying to remember who the point guard was at the time. It may have been. It wasn't Pack. It, it wasn't Pack. I, I'm thinking Chris Huber. Okay. But I could be wrong on on the point guard. It's it's irrelevant. Yes. But so ball is right now on the left wing. JC cuts from the right right wing straight to the basket and catches. The most perfect alley-oop, and it had to be a perfect alley-oop for J.C. to throw it down like he did. But first play of the game, first two points, and the spectrum absolutely exploded exploded because it's not what you expected. J.C. hits a three in the corner, and people go nuts. J.C. hits a (laughs) dunks on an alley-oop to open the game. Just call it. Game over. He was our favorite child, man. Like um, I remember just... Anytime we touched the ball, you, you, your hands were raised because like, mm-hmm. you knew. Oh, yeah. JC, JC was good. Uh, good TV. Um, J- uh, yeah, he yeah. was great to watch him while he was there at Utah State. So, um, and yeah, like I mean, like you said, after his career um, ended at Utah State, I think he knew, like you know, being a six-one point or a shooting guard in the NBA probably not going to work out. But I think he, I mean, hopefully we get to talk to him uh, between now and the jerseys uh, ceremony about. What was like being in Spain? Like, uh, from what I heard, mm-hmm. he loved it. So he loved it, and uh, Marie really was happy with how his career ended there. So. Yeah, yeah. Spent more than a decade overseas, 
uh, before retiring. He last played in 2021 and officially retired in June of 2022. But, yeah, it's a special moment for JC and his jersey retirement at the Spectrum. Again, that's February 18th. But it'll go from one generational Utah State basketball shooter to another. Yeah. JC Carroll to now Stephen Ashworth. Yeah, Stephen Ashworth, the best three-point shooter in the country. He's like 50, what, 1%, 52%? 53%. 53%. Like, they, they played, so we recorded this on Wednesday. They played Air Force last night. Um, another, you know, like Air Force tried to make a comeback in the second half, but Utah State shut it down. Ashworth with 15 points and three threes, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. the, f- the first two half threes were really because he hit back-to-back threes and um, uh, we were doing the highlight. And, I, and my anchor, he told me, hey, these are the plays that we need. I go and look it up. I'm like, I'm like whoa, that three's, that, that's, that's a deep three. I'm like, all right. And I go, that, like, I, was, I, I told you before that we started, the three that he, his first three against Air Force looked like his last three against Fresno. And so if you follow me on Twitter, uh, who trans Superman, hopefully I can splice those together and put those on uh, so we can look at it because it looks very familiar. He comes on the next uh, possession or a minute later, hits an even deeper three. Um, as Spencer Litton called it, he said, um, uh, from downtown Logan. Like him, uh, it was really deep. I'm like, this was an NBA three, and like, he just has to fly. It's it's ridiculous yeah. what he's able to do, and he doesn't need much space at mm-hmm. all. He he's got just like JC, he's got an v- incredibly quick release. Yeah, so he doesn't need a lot of space. And yeah, fifty three point eight percent. He's made fifty seven yeah. threes this year to lead the country. He's making three point just under four threes a game. Yeah. Like, in college, like that's unheard of in college basketball. Of, like, he's he's obviously scoring a lot. He's uh, up to sixteen ish points per game. Sixteen point nine points yeah, per game is the fourth leading score in the Mountain West. He came into the week as the leading scorer, right. but after a couple of games, that has that has fallen off a bit. But right. I mean, we're we're off talking about a, a backup point guard that bench, is yeah. in the top five in the Mountain West in scoring, and he's also in the top five in, in, as far as assists goes. Right. I think he's averaging four point one assists and, per and game. The, and this Utah State team doesn't turn the ball, ball over a lot. No, like they turned it a lot over. I want to say Fresno, but Fresno's a very. I mean, let's let's also talk about Fresno beating New Mexico. Uh, so no longer undefeated team in the Mount West. And Huge. Did you have a chance to watch that at all? I did not get a chance to watch it. Fresno uh, State's Fresno State's good. I mean, you know, Utah State played them obviously right. at home on New Year's Eve, um, but they they looked like a different team. Um, Jamar Baker mm-hmm. definitely looked more comfortable as he comes back from the, the injury and just goes through his re- rehab with Fresno yeah. State. But that game being down in Fresno. New Mexico has some really talented players, yes. but depth is where the question and is like for me. We talked about like that big that big game in February against New Mexico. Well, the, yep. the Aggies probably just had a big game against Fresno that we didn't really know about. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. That, that win looks a lot better after you know. And again, we're talking about the Mountain West eating each other, mm-hmm. so we'll see in a few uh, a few more weeks to see who really is the cream of the crop. But so far, those um, uh, those wins look pretty good for, for Utah State. 2-0 in the Mountain West right now. So. Well, and talking about this schedule just a little bit briefly, um, one thing I was looking through things today is I noticed that we only play New Mexico. I say we like you and I are on the team. <laughs> Utah State <laughs> only plays New Mexico once this year, and okay. it is, in fact, in Logan. Okay. So wow. Utah State gets that schedule benefit of not right. having to travel down to play in the pit, one of the most difficult environments, not only in the Mountain West, like, but in I, the country. I was impressed about Utah State's New Year's Day crowd 
Um, uh, you know, the student section wasn't super full, but it had a good amount. But, but the, the rest the, of the the rest of the building mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah, I was like, okay, so for a New Year's Day game, it was the middle of the afternoon. On a, a, a that was a Sunday, right? So Sunday in um uh, uh, in Logan, I was like, okay, that, that's impressive. Because yeah. uh, then I I watched like the the couple highlights from Fresno, New Mexico, and no offense to Fresno, like it was not nearly that full. Um, yeah. You know, on a regular you know. Tuesday or Thursday, it was Tuesday night. So I'm like, okay. And so, yeah, right. Like, so we're talking about Utah State's home court advantage is back. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I expect the next couple of weeks for these Utah State games to be super loud and super full um, yeah. as soon as the students get back into, back into town. Absolutely. Uh, a couple more things about the men's basketball team. Dan Akin coming off of the bench. He also joined the Thousand Point Club. Recently, with so well, con- I, don't know, I don't know who it was the dunk, but he did have a dunk. I don't know I, Dan Atkins, <laughs> he always manages to have a dunk. He, it was, I think it was against Fresno State. He came in, in the first seven minutes of play. He had six points and seven rebounds. Yeah. He he comes off of the bench. He's usually the first stoppage. He replaces Trevin Dorius and comes in and plays about seven to ten minutes right there in that stretch for the Aggies. And Atkins' energy in those moments, a, it seems like the Utah State always yeah. is able to build a little like, bit of a lead during Dorius, those times. Dorius himself has like this big, really big body, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's there. Like he's not Arvidas body, but like he's got some skills too. He's improved a lot, right. but he's not, you know, yeah. you're, you're not going to build an offense around no, Trevin like, Dorius. Like, like, he, he knows his strengths and they both yep. his strengths, right? Like, you know, he'll, he'll catch a couple easy dunks here and there. And then, but Dan Atkin coming off the bench is almost a, a little bit, you know, a, a different type of player, more athletic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, I was like, oh boy, this guy, I mean, the dunk he had last night, like he just took a guy off the dribble, like oh, he just found the lane wide open and just drove to the basket. Like okay, cool. So yeah, from from three, just you know, was like all right, cool. All right, I'll, we'll take it. So um, yeah, I think I'm. Uh, yeah, Utah State basketball looking pretty good the last couple of games. One thing to watch for with this Aggie team that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is this is a team built around the, the three-point shot. You know, they they make the most threes in the country. They're one of the best shooting teams percentage-wise in the country. Uh, but teams have started to try and take that three-point shot away. They only had 12 three-point attempts against Air Force last night. So that's just something, I think, to keep an eye on, see how defenses are going to be attacking them. How does Utah State adjust? Do they start going more inside? And they dominated in the paint against Air Force, but Air Force is also has a roster filled with freshmen and sophomores. So it's a, it was a very young, inexperienced, physical team against the, against the Aggies. Can they do the same on Saturday against Boise State. What is, what is Quinn Snyder doing nowadays? Can we get the blender going? In? <laughs> somebody um, call Quinn. Yeah, somebody. Um, uh, and then you just mentioned Boise. That's a big game. Big game coming up. Huge, going, huge going to game. Boise, right? Yes, going so, yeah, to Boise. That's, that's, a, that's a, the first big test, really. Yeah, the Mountain West. So. Yep, yeah. Boise State eleven and four, one and one in the Mountain West. But if if you remember the Aggies' non-conference schedule, they really didn't go on the road. They played one true road game against Seattle right. that went to overtime, and they ended up winning. But that game against Air Force last night, as we record on Wednesday, it was only their second true road game of the season. So it'll be a real test. They've been and, on the road, just not like a, not in, in enemy territory. Is it right? still Taco Bell Arena? Do you have any idea? I haven't been to Boise in years. No. I, I, 
like you said that, I was like, oh boy, yeah, like, I don't know, when was the last time I had to care about Boise basketball? So No need. <laughs> hey, let's move on to the Utah State women's team. <laughs> they dropped their first two in Mountain West play, falling to 3-10. and 10. And Kayla Ard, again, in this rebuilding season, it's just, you know, it's it's really difficult. They, she's got a few older players, you know, graduate guard Maria Cavallo led the team with 15 points in a loss against Air Force. And then you had Mason Kimball, another grad player. Player, leading the team with 10 points and seven rebounds in a in a more than 30 point loss against San Diego State but it's it's hard right now to watch this women's team and see the building blocks necessarily yeah. I wonder if you talk like you know you, with the transfer portal being the way it is in every sport right like teams like this you're not gonna get recruits in from like high school for Utah State so I wonder if they just need to go find some quality players that are on other teams that are not happy with their like playing time or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, you got one year eligibility left. Come to Utah State, see if you can make your mark, you know, there or something. Somebody that has maybe a red, uh, you know, an extra year or two. Um, but yeah, like you said, grad transfers, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, something like that. That's probably going to be how they're going to have to build for the next few years to try to get some recognition into the program. Well, unfortunately for Utah State and Kayla Ard, you know, she's going to have, for Ard, she'll have a year in Logan under her belt. So when she goes back out on the recruiting trail, she can speak to that year in Logan and, and what things are about. But that that benefit of the transfer portal, Utah State's a program that's primed to get better in the transfer portal and say, hey, we don't have a lot of youth that's coming up pushing for playing time and you're graduating. We have a program that you might want to do a graduate year. If you come here, we can give you 30 minutes a night. And so, you know, Utah State might have a chance when they get out on that recruiting trail after this season. And and it's a tough year. You don't want to write it off, of course, but it's it's clear that this team isn't doesn't have a lot of postseason aspirations in 2023 and so as analysts our job is to start looking beyond right uh, yeah so that's probably what's gonna happen like i'm gonna go you know use this year get the experience and then i'm uh try to find uh some girls um, that want to play and Mm -hmm. get some time and you know just change the scenery so yeah and this will be you know let's, let's start down like talking about how to recruit to logan for all sports right um, now the transfer portal is a big thing, but before it used to be like just the atmosphere, like the special atmosphere. You bring a call, you bring a high school kid in and show them like, hey, this happens every game, you know. Yep. So stuff like that. Um, but yes, yeah. Uh, well, let's stay on the the transfer portal note there and look at football real quick. We talked about last week when Lapuaho the. 13-game starter as a freshman, entered the transfer portal. He announced he is going to BYU, so it's going to be a huge loss for the Aggies. Big gain for the Cougars down yes. south. Uh, Waylon, I would imagine, is going to step in there and challenge for a, a starting position with uh, the Cougars' offense. And on the other side of the ball, Utah State just getting destroyed in the trenches in the transfer portal. Daniel Greshek, we talked about last week, led the team with eight and a half sacks, still in the portal. He was joined by defensive end Byron Vaughns and his 56 yeah. tackles, eight and a half tackles for a loss. Byron Vaughns could be an NFL um, uh, player. Yeah, Byron Vaughns is going to be a guy who yeah, like, gets a look at by NFL teams. I don't know if he's a draft prospect yeah, after next season, but, but he's going to be in NFL training yeah. camps. I mean, and, and you know, Weber says Rashisha, he shows, hey, all you need to do is get a get him a, a, a look. But yep. 
Just get um, some tape, man. I, and don't let me forget Tavion Coleman, uh, another defensive lineman, a defensive tackle. He just announced in the last 24 to 48 hours, yep. had one year with Utah State, 26 tackles. So a lot of rebuilding for right. Blake Anderson along both the offensive and defensive and this, lines. This is where, you, again, the same thing we talked about Utah State women's like transfer portal. Like, okay, now you now, you know take it away. Now you go find and give it. Go find yep. some players that are either smaller schools or in bigger schools that need more exposure. And final players to refill, but Ike Larson has announced that he is coming back. So that's a big get. That's a big get. So. I, I mean, you you can lose a lot of guys. You can right. wonder about a lot of things, but you know, with Ike Larson returning, mm-hmm. that you have that lockdown at the back end of your defense. Somebody right. who knows what his job is, who can put other guys into position position to succeed. And the great thing about Ike is it's not just that he's taking care of that safety position on defense. Look at what he does on special teams. Multiple blocked kicks yeah. this year. He he blocked a kick and ended up with a touchdown on special blocked teams. Against, uh, he, he's yeah. a guy who can return kicks. He's somebody who in hasn't done it at the college level, but in high school was used as a gadget player offensively. This is this is somebody who can really help change games with a big, single play. So for, it's huge to keep Ike. Big for Logan because Logan, uh, the city, because he, he tweeted out or Instagrammed it like he's staying home is what he said. The local kid. He went to yeah. both Logan High and then graduated from Skyview. Yeah. So um, like this is his home. Like this is yep. actually like he, you know, a lot of kids are like, all right, like, you know, he he's home. He's here. So that, that really helps. And so, I mean, if he continues on his trajectory, he'll be, uh, he'll be in the NFL sooner than later. But yep. I mean, the, the fact that he's going to stay another year in Utah State, really good. So, yeah, so Blake Anderson's got a interesting task to see if he can grab some now JUCO kids or uh, transfer portal kids um, yep. uh, to get into the program. Because, like, this Utah State team, you can't go back to being young. So, no. you, you know, you got, you got to bring some experience in now. So Well, and you've got you've got a quarterback. You, know, you, you have Cooper Lega. You have Chase Tua Tagaloa behind him. You have Levi Williams in there as well. You have... Uh, McKay Hillstead at quarterback, somebody we talked about last week. You have Robert Briggs at running back. You have Terrell Vaughn at wide receiver. You know, you have answers at some of these positions. You may not have all the depth that you're looking for, but you have some answers. You know, Brock Lane, if he can get healthy at the tight end position. And so for the Aggies, a lot of what they're they're going to be trying to do is supplement. You know, you, you fill in around the edges. You take care of these trenches, and that's that's why that's my biggest right. concern is you can have all the skill players in the world, but if you can't get to the quarterback and you can't protect the quarterback, no, none of it matters. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that for um, uh, for this uh Summer when they're coming up here. Well, hey, who now? Now you're the resident gymnastics expert. I, apparently, Casey so. Force tell, tells me that is you know for for the digital side, Michelle Bodkin. For the TV side, it's me. So it's, that's what they tell me. So you're just you you are just multidimensional, right? And I mean, I started covering them a year year and a half ago. I just fell in love with the sport. I'm like this is amazing watching these uh, these young women do these. Like you know, like I don't know whenever I'm going to need to. Do a handstand on a bar, but these girls do it on a frequent basis. I'm like, all right, well, that's a very odd skill to have, but it's amazing to watch. It's a beautiful sport. Um, and once you start understanding, like, the scoring and how everything needs to be done, you're like, okay. And, like, once you start understanding it, it's really good. And, um, uh, you know, so we talked about we, – we touched on Utah State's um, uh, gymnastics program last week. Um, when we got done, we looked up and we were like, oh, there was actually some changes I had forgotten about because it was a long time ago. <laughs> but – 
Um, you know, Utah State's uh, coach from last year, Amy uh, Smart, Amy Smith, left to Clemson and took six girls with her, including their uh, freshman phenomenon, uh, Bree Clark, and their okay. all, you know, they're all around um, uh, leader, uh, Rebecca Wells. So, um, so, and this is a team that last year, for the the first time ever, won the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference, conference yep. Championship. And so right. this is a, this is a team they coming off one of their one of their best seasons ever as a program, I, I and then they go through this turmoil. The best, the best season they've ever had. They were ranked. They ended twenty three in the nation. I want to say they were the highest ranked non P five um, uh, team. Well, and that's only one qualifier. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. one qualifier, that's pretty good. They, yeah. <laughs> and they, um, uh, uh, and um, uh, it is like, I, and so this happens to Utah State a lot. Utah State is sort of a stepping stone school. Feeder, you see, yeah, you see absolutely with, a feeder you see school. Football, you see Craig with Smith. Look at Utah right, Craig basketball. Smith in Utah, yep. Uh, you know, we we had Gary Anderson leave, Matt Wells leave. Be prepared for um, Ryan Odom to leave the men's program. Blake Anderson, and you know, it didn't always work out for all those guys that left. <laughs> it doesn't always. Doesn't no, always. the grass is not always, always greener. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, it, it's, so I, I feel like this is a sort of the same situation that happened to Utah State's gymnastics. They had that great year. I mean, Cle- SEC gymnastics—they take their gymnastics pretty yeah. seriously there. So going, to, wait, Clemson's not SEC. A ten. Uh, uh, Clemson is ACC. ACC. Oh, so I don't know. I, I thought for some reason, but I said Clemson. SEC is good right. though because Florida SEC. won the national right, championship right, 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 last yeah. year. So anyway, but Clemson, you know, trying so you were wrong. Yes, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> yes, Clemson trying to you know pull and make their gymnastics program better. So they went and looked at a team that really overachieved. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the United States does have some people coming back. Um, Twelve girls coming back. Yeah, right? I don't know a lot about them, but they did get some uh, some transfers from like I, I want to say I want to say Penn State. I'll have to go look actually, but they they brought some girls in, so this is going to be an interesting um, uh, um, problem for the United States gymnastics team. Can they rebuild uh, on the fly and rebuild on what they did last year? Well, it, the the fun thing about this gymnastics team is they're. Not really going to have any time to mess around. I, I don't know if that's fun or not. I I like it as somebody who enjoys sports and competition. As this is a team who is going to jump into to competition on Friday, January thirteenth, yep. against the number twenty eight team team in the uh, Mountain West, Southern Utah, the number 22 team in BYU, and number three team in, or sorry, the WGCA. Yes. Well, gymnastics. Collegiate association, but BYU, but two top twenty-five teams, a a top five team, number twenty-eight SUU, and so Utah State's going to be jumping in right off the bat, and they're going to get challenged. That's the best of the West. Um, uh, It happens at the Maverick Center. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in going and seeing the four, you know, four really good gymnastics teams out there, um, Utah obviously sort of in a different tier than these other teams, but the other teams are are on their way up. So. yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a good event. It's, they call it a quad event, so yeah. all four apparatuses are being used at the same time. Um, the floor. The it's ball. a lot to take in if you if you go in person. Right, the, you just kind of have to wander and yeah, you, you kind of choose like, all right, cool. Right now, I can watch Beam. But they, uh, but each team players. like they'll rotate as a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah, like so like if Utah starts on the vault, they'll all do vault first. Yeah, while you know BYU's on Beam. Utah's on floor and SEU on 
bars, whatever apparatus yep. <laughs> as I speak of. But yes, so this is it's going to be interesting to see their build because they there are starting. They have some stuff that from last year, but they are starting. I mean, they, they hired a a Pac-12 coach, um, uh, assistant coach, excuse me, to be their new head coach. So I'm going to do some research and, and see. I, I want to talk to some of my gymnastics friends who really pay attention to this all year round and see um, uh, what they think about this uh, new team. Like, there's a chance that it, it goes backwards. You know, mm-hmm. like you would expect, you know, losing some of your best gymnasts, getting a brand new coach. But well, you, but th- but there's a difference in taking a step backwards yeah. and going backwards as a program. But there's also yeah. Utah State football from two years ago with, you know, like again we talk about Blake Anderson coming into a, of like Hornets was, nest. Yes, and he he was quoted like, hey, you know, like, you know, if you remember the the drama that happened in his hiring and the coach that was let go before him, um, he came in and was like, hey, you know, what, give me a chance. I know some of you, a lot of you players are not happy with what happened. Give me a chance. They gave him a chance, and he took him, you know, to the Mountain West Championship and won that thing. So, uh, Utah State's going to be doing the same thing, I think. I'm a, you know, you have to go in there and like, all right, cool. Hey, you know, we're not the same team that we were last year, but we got some new things that we want to try out. And, you know, the world, the world's their oyster. And so, um, uh, we'll, we'll see what they can do because a lot of new faces there. They just announced another signing. I can't remember who um, they announced, but they, like, it was like last week. They're like, oh, yes. You know, welcome so and so to the team. I was like, oh, cool. So they're they're bringing some girls in to to really compete and fight uh, uh, for the for these uh, jobs. Yeah, it'll be a, it's going to be a big season for this Utah State gymnastics team. I think the big test for Kristen White and her first season as the as the coach of this team is really, and it kind of goes back to what you're talking about. Is you got to get the buy in. You know, you ha- you have yeah. to get the entire team to buy into whatever your idea of that that team building method right. is what what are we going to rally behind what's going to be our credo all season long and even if you know the, these 12 returning gymnasts even if your team and the week in week out results maybe aren't quite as good if you can buy in and see what the program is building toward okay this is what we could be next year and the year after right. And it's, you know, just like any goal process, it's step-by-step. It's incremental. They need to look at what Utah did in the 90s. And I forget the coach's name, but at that point, he was like, we want to make sure. I mean, Utah's gymnastics program might be their, you know, no offense to Utah men's basketball or women's basketball, their second most popular program. No, there's no doubt. Right. The, the gymnastics program is and, their second highest grossing program. Like, if, if you can take what the spectrum gives you for men's basketball and – you know, start slowly bringing that to the gymnastics team and give people the because I don't want to see people, I don't want to say people look at front runners, but when you're in college and you have people in Utah, are front yeah. runners. <laughs> when, when you're when you're in Logan, Utah, and you know, you're just looking for things to do on a random school night, like you don't have homework and you want to do something fun, gymnastic meets, you know, on Fridays or Saturday, um, uh, you can start if you can start feeling that spectrum for a, a really good team. If you can, if you if you just say gymnastics starts. Getting top twenty finishes year after year after year, the people will come. Absolutely, yeah. You can get those fans. You can start packing that. So they need to figure out a way to make sure that program gets that entire audience. And um, I would love to be able to talk to the coach and say, "Hey, you know, what are you guys' plans to get the people into the, into the seats there?" So, and maybe maybe we will. Who knows? <laughs> who? Where can they find you on social media? Um, uh, you can find me. I'm uh, again at, at who h u u t r a n Superman. That's h u u t r a n. Superman, 
Um, again, I'm, I'm going to try Beautiful <laughs> alliteration on the spelling there. I'm going to try to tweet out um, uh, that Stephen Ashworth video today because um, uh, I, I really saw it, and first thing I thought was like, wow, it's almost the exact same shot and just crazy. So, um, But, yeah, I'll talk Utah State. Um, uh, we got uh, on KSL TV. Um, uh, we just got done with Rose Bowl coverage. So, you know, we're moving with J.C. Carroll's uh, jersey retirement today uh, and a bunch of other sports coming up, Utah Jazz. I mean, if you're following Utah Jazz lately – crazy stuff happening with them five losses in a row by a combined like, 15 yeah. points it's like, nuts oh, and last night might have been the closest of them all really <laughs> so. there's no doubt about it it was the closest they're, they're, they're a tenth of a second away from getting <laughs> their wins so yeah uh what can you do yeah. uh all right well uh i am brian priest you can find me on twitter at bpriest 24 that's at b-p-r-e-e-c-e 24 and then you can find my written work at kslsports.com dot com Doing a lot of Utah State. I liked that. That was kind of like I, I wish it, uh, it reminded me of booking. like the Booking dot com. Yeah. I was gonna say it reminded me of like a, a rental or car or co- that, commercial. Like, I was more, yeah Expedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't see what things <laughs> <laughs> or give us money. Either way, either way. Yeah. Either way. If, well, if you want to give us money, I, I'm all for it. Yes. If the conversation is about a lawsuit, let's go ahead yeah. and just yeah, uh, keep it moving. Yep, like um, it never happened. <laughs> but yeah, find, find me in my written work, kslsports.com, and everything about Utah State. Uh, reminder about gymnastics that's going to be the Rio Tinto Best of Utah NCAA Gymnastics meet Friday, January 13th, Utah State. SUU, BYU, and Utah down in West Valley at the Maverick Center. And then coming up for the men's basketball team, they'll be at Boise State Saturday, January 7th. Unfortunately, the court is not as blue as the turf (laughs) in Boise. So, Uh, Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you are. Okay, so there have been some programs that are taking liberties with their their courts. Somebody in Illinois has a red floor. Um, the Oregon, of maybe, course, maybe, yeah, yeah, that's maybe, um, an maybe interesting I'm just one. Old and like, I'm like, yeah, as I could get off my lawn. But. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that maybe, maybe we can experiment right, a little right. bit more with this. Um, but yeah, put, men's basketball. But put the chalupa wrap on the court. That's what I want to see. Like, chalupa yeah, wrap. Like, yeah, just a bunch that's of it. like. Put, it always comes back to Taco Bell yeah, with you, doesn't put, it? Put, put spots like like if they if they make a three from the taco spot, we all get tacos or something. That's what I want to see. A Baja fresh yeah, five-point yeah, play? there we go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I got you, I yeah, got you. Half-court Baja shot. <laughs> After Utah State plays Boise in Boise on, on Saturday, they come back home taking on Wyoming Tuesday, January 10th, and then the women's team facing Colorado State on Thursday, January 5th, if I'm doing the math right in my head. Nailed it. And then Boise State at home in Logan on Saturday, January 7th. Get your tickets for the February 18th game um, uh, for the JC, because that's going to be sold out. Absolutely, yeah. J.C. Carroll, Jersey retirement, not number retirement. Jersey. Very clear, Jersey retirement. People can still wear the number. Uh, now, we can have an off-air conversation about what the point of whatever. Yeah. What, you know, the February Josh, the 18th, that, so. Utah State <laughs> in the spectrum against the Nevada Wolfpack. Get your tickets for that, the J.C. Carroll retirement ceremony. I'm going to do everything I can to be there in person I because should, I was there. there for the J.C. Carroll era, and it was one of the most exciting eras of Utah State basketball, if not the most exciting in, in my lifetime. Plus, 
He destroyed me on a basketball court on one play on a fast break. Thanks for listening to The Scotsman. Uh,